All right, this is going to be a lively show. And there is so much amazingness when you start to think about organizing and decluttering. And it doesn't just mean decluttering that kitchen or your office or your closet. There's more to this. And we are going to dig deep with Shira Gill today. So get ready, and yes, at the end, you will be inspired, as I was, to maybe open some of those drawers you haven't in a while, and really think about how the inside directly is reflected on the outside. And now, let's jump into this conversation. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today you are going to hear from Shira Gill. And she has been lighting it up with organization and giving some really incredible tips that are going to really impact you in so many different levels. But at this point, We want to hear about the silver lining that brought her here today. So Shira, welcome. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. So for those that cannot see you, which by the way, you really should check this out on YouTube. She looks so good. She's got black shirt on. She's got this white background. I understand she's in her dining room. She's got this darling hat on and she is good to go. And I notice it's very minimalistic. Yes. I'm walking the walk today with the minimalism. Yes. You, you definitely walk in the walk, talk in the talk girl. So help us, uh, help us understand more about you and your journey and your relaunch. Yeah, well, so, um, I mean, I guess if we want to go way back, I I was an actor for most of my life. I started acting in theater when I was eight years old, and I was in theater for 20 years. And so my first kind of relaunch was leaving the world of acting behind, um, which was very hard and heartbreaking for me. But the lifestyle of just constant travel and nights and weekends just got to me at a certain point, felt like it wasn't a fit for how I wanted to live. And so I left that world, moved into event production and catering and wedding planning. And I was doing that here in the Bay Area where I'm from, the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, had a job basically like doing weddings, coordinating events, and I wasn't super happy. And I got laid off from that job at eight months pregnant. Mm. And um, so I had no plan. Like there was no backup plan. I had thought that I would stay at this job, have my daughter, then figure out my life later. 
But in fact, um, you know, this happened. Life and, had something different for you. <laughs> yes. And it it was awful at the time, but it ended up being the biggest blessing of my life um, because I think I had always in the back of my head thought that it would be amazing to be an entrepreneur, run my own business, do my own thing. But I was so invested in having security um, and I'm a totally risk averse person. And as you know, being an entrepreneur is like all about taking leaps and risks. And I just don't think I ever would have done it. But okay, here but I what's was. Really, what's really yeah. interesting is when I think about acting, I think about a highly risk profession. So I'm yeah. kind of saying to myself, yeah. Sarah, is this a story that you have told yourself that you are this risk adverse person? Because it's a really good question. I mean, mm. I will say, I think because I started acting so young and I just went from gig to gig to gig, it did feel dependable, even though there was constant transition. Right. Um, but yeah, that's a really good. I mean, I could have been lying to myself this whole time. Maybe I love risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you are actually a born entrepreneur who thrives on risk. You know? And now your true story is coming out. So I really, I really do like this because this yeah. is, I've heard this happen quite a few times where somebody yeah. says something along the lines of, you know, well, I really am not like this. And then your life doesn't actually, you know, back that story up. So this is great. Okay. You no, know, that's hilarious. And now that I think about it, I've moved 25 times in my life. Oh, are you <laughs> so serious? I'm like, this story could be wrong. But anyway, I, the idea of kind of starting from scratch financially and hustling, especially as a new mom was totally intimidating, but I think I hadn't been making that much money in my event planning career and so when we crunched the numbers of what it would cost to send our daughter to full-time care as baby or have a full-time nanny, it was literally a wash. Like it didn't even make sense for me. Isn't that just the craziest thing? <laughs> when you sit there and you do those numbers and you're like, okay, wait a second. I'm making less than what I'm going to be paying somebody to yep. take care of my kids. I know. Yes. So it that is. kind of is what sparks this whole career that I now have is thinking, what can I do? My husband works full time, nine to five. What can I do on weekends? So I can be home with my daughter who is a newborn and then I can make some money and be out in the world and contribute on the weekends. And so a good girlfriend of mine, Amber, said you should help people organize their lives and their homes. And um, I had always helped my girlfriends clean out their closets. It was like a thing I did for fun. I would go to people's houses and be like, let's see your closet. Let's take everything out and like play yes or no. And then I'll put everything in and style it and make it feel better. And so I had been doing that my whole life. Had never, this was pre-Marie Kondo Say, everyone's probably like, okay, this sounds a lot like that, but you were way ahead of the game. You were I was doing this OG. way before <laughs> when I was like 12 years old, just for fun. And so this friend who had known me forever, she just said, you're really good at this. People are overwhelmed by stuff and disorganization and clutter. Why don't you just start seeing clients? And I said, well, I don't have a website. I don't have an MBA. I don't know anything about how to run a business. And um, 
it literally was a labor of love from my friends and community, which was so sweet. So this one friend offered to cobble together a website for me. My other friend who's a photographer said, if you style your home, I'll take pictures of you and like little vignettes around your house. And another friend who's a graphic designer made me like my first little business card. And so it literally was three girlfriends who wanted to help me. And my whole business began with just an email. And I sent an email to literally everyone I've ever met, including my dentist, I think, saying, I am now offering decluttering and organizing services on Saturday and Sundays. If you or anyone you know needs help clearing clutter or getting organized, I'm your girl. And I immediately started getting business. And... It was insane. So I started getting business and then all, months into doing this, I got written up on the Berkeley Parents Network, which is basically a parents group in the Bay Area that gives referrals and shares resources. And after I got written up there, it was like, boom, explosion. And I couldn't keep up with the demand. And so that is how my business was born. No business plan no MBA, like literally just, I think I can do this. I'm going to send an email and see what happens. Okay. So for those that don't know what decluttering cert, like services are, can yeah. you share with us? What does that mean exactly? So essentially most people in this country have more than they need. There are many people that don't have enough or don't even have a home, obviously, but the clients that I'm helping are people who feel weighed down by their stuff. So it's hard to find things. They lose things. They feel like they have duplicates of things. Um, and it has become a big kind of universal pain point and stress point. And so what I do is I basically have a process where I talk to people about what do you really care about? What are your values? What are your priorities? Um, so I have a real values-based approach to organizing. I don't want to just rearrange your stuff and put it in cute boxes. I want to really get to the heart of who you are and what you care about and how can I help you set up a home that supports your life instead of detracts from your life. So I literally sit with people once we have a clear vision and go through a closet, a drawer, an entire room, um, an entire house, one room at a time and help them make those decisions of what to keep, what to donate, what to sell, what to relocate. Um, and I try to do it in the most kind of thoughtful, sustainable way possible. Um, and then once we've done all of that editing, decluttering, we then organize and set up their space so they have only the items they actually use and need and love. Okay, so how do you, or maybe, you know, is this a you have to go to the person's house or can you do this virtually? Yeah, well, so that's my other kind of relaunch story is that <laughs> I am now almost completely virtual. So I've developed a whole series of programs um, that I've had people take from every continent on the globe, including Antarctica, which I'm very proud of. Where <laughs> okay, that's a different one. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was my goal. I just wanted to be able to say that I represent the whole globe. <laughs> so I had one woman in Antarctica take my closet makeover program. Um, but yeah, so I've basically taken my whole process and toolkit and I put it into a series of online programs. 
And so those live on my website and they I have everything from a get organized masterclass that's, that's all about organizing your mind and your to-do list and how to get out of overwhelm and into action when you feel like it's all too much. Um, and then I have um, project specific programs like a closet program, a kitchen program, which I did with my brother, who's a chef. I have a workspace and productivity program um, and a clutter free with kids program for um, parents. What you really need now is clutter free for having all the kids, everyone back at home living. <laughs> I know. I mean, yes, not just the kids when they're young. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, the reverting back to the way they thought it was when they were in high school and they lived at home and yet they've been at college. It's like, wait a second. So you said something really interesting, many things, but the one that I really want to continue down the path on is you said you started talking about the the fact that decluttering the mind right you're decluttering not only the external but also the internal can you help us understand what how what's the logic that you put behind that yeah well so i think um often when people think you know i'm going to get organized or i'm going to declutter my home they don't slow down enough to really think about the why. Why do I want to declutter? Why do I want to get organized? And I think if you don't do that very crucial step, you're going to just be moving piles around. And I've seen that a lot with my clients who have tried to organize on their own without kind of doing that clarification work first. So my approach is really here's all we care about. We care about what do you care about? <laughs> because if you haven't done that sort of um, values clarification work in your life and in your career, everything you do isn't really rooted in anything. And so what I'm really interested in is, you know, questions like, what are your goals that are coming up? What are the things you want to achieve? Or what are the results that you want to create in your life? And so sometimes for a client, they've been through a divorce and their big goal is they want to start dating again and they want to feel confident having people over to their home. Or maybe it's someone who's always dreamed of running a coaching practice, but they feel like their house is a mess and they can't think straight and every surface is covered in clutter. So by having that compelling why, it then can drive all of the work ahead. And most people don't actually enjoy you know, sorting through piles. But if you have a vision of why you're sorting through the piles and what the end result is that you want, it can actually be extremely exciting and invigorating and energizing to do this process. So why do you think we are such a society of so much stuff, like the pack rat mentality? Yeah, I mean, so many reasons, and I've thought about them a lot because I am a sort of strange dichotomy where I consider myself a minimalist and I don't own a lot, I think, compared to the average American, but I love stuff. I love design. I love fashion. And so it was something I had to sort of wrestle with in my own life is how do I still enjoy things and be able to go shopping without feeling guilty, but not get bogged down by the kind of more is more is more consumerism. And I think, 
especially I can only speak to this country, although I've lived in some other countries, I think the messaging is everywhere that we need more to be happy, um, that we need more to be sexy, successful, accomplished. Um, I think, you know, you see it everywhere from magazines, TV shows, the ads that pop up on your Instagram feed. It's very compelling and very alluring. Um, and so I think when you're surrounded by that messaging, it really takes a lot to resist it. Um, I think it's very normal to end up buying more than you intended to buy um, or end up, you know, adding to cart and then kind of thinking, well, I didn't even need that. Like I have five black sweaters. Why did I just buy another black sweater? So I think there's noise everywhere. And then there's even smaller things like your mother-in-law wanting to buy your kids tons of presents and you feeling like you can't say no or your neighbor dropping off a bundle of hand-me-downs and feeling like it would be rude to turn it away or, you know, the free samples at the department store. It's just, there is a constant influx. I think for most so many people. of us are sitting here and we're even back on the black sweater and we're all like, <laughs> oh, uh-oh. And as you're sitting here, people give you stuff and you, you know, what is the rule that says, how long do you have to keep that stuff? Well, so I'm really ruthless because <laughs> I've kind of done my deep work to own. These are my values and here's how I want to live. So everybody in my life knows, like, if you give me a present, I may give it away. And, you know, I have tried to be really gracious and to really accept, like when someone gives me a gift, I'm certainly not rude. I thank them. And then I decide two minutes later if I'm going to keep it or donate it or pass it on. And I think that is one of the biggest things I hear with clients when we're going through their stuff is like, well, what if my mom comes and asks about it? Like the world is going to end. And I can tell you the world doesn't end. You know, like there is a way of saying Mom, that was so thoughtful and I love you so much. And I just didn't need another scarf and I passed it on to my friend who loved it. And, you know, nobody dies. <laughs> I love that. And if I look at this year and I think of, you know, any of the silver linings that have come out of COVID, I think about the fact that for so many people, spending has really changed, right? It's people aren't spending the way they weren't, they aren't shopping the way they used to for so many different reasons. We don't have to get into that. Yeah. But one of the things that I recognized over the last 10 months is that my, the desire of what I want to get has become very minimalistic, right? I mean, what do we really need when you're in a house and you can't really go anywhere and there's no restaurants open and there's no, it causes you to almost break your bad habit of this consumerism where you're just buying, buying, buying. It's, it was a really good just wake up call for me to notice that wow, I was, I was the five black sweaters and oh, but this is a little teeny different because it's not just a V-neck, it's a whatever, <laughs> right? And so yeah. I do think that now I'm, I'm, I would say I'm even more consciously aware of the stuff that I really don't need in my closet, on my bookshelves, just because I've been at the house so much that I would love to have 
somebody like you come in and say, why do you, why do you have that? What, what, what are you doing with that on your shelf? Yes. I'd be like, well, so-and-so gave it to me, but it doesn't mean that it has to be like prominent in my office. Right. And you know, what's hilarious is sometimes all I do is literally say, why do you have this? And people like fall on the floor laughing and they're like, I have no idea why I have this thing. <laughs> and I think we've all been in our homes more than ever um, because of the pandemic. And so I think people are really, there is an increased consciousness about, wow, like my home really affects every aspect of my life. And if my home doesn't feel good and doesn't function well, it's a huge pain point. So I think as much as it can be overwhelming, it is so important to start investing in setting up your home for success so that it feels good and really optimizes your life. Um, and I think often when I am about to add to cart or about to buy something, I really now just take a breath and think, is this going to add or detract from my life? Is it going to end up being a net negative or a net positive? And, you know, sometimes that new pair of shoes or whatever the thing is, it feels super fun and exciting and you know, you're going to love it and it feels great. And, but sometimes just by asking that question and slowing down, I can stop myself from so many impulse buys of like, this is just going to be more cardboard and more return slips to deal with in a month. I don't want to do that. So have you ever gotten a call from somebody that you've worked with that, that was saying, ah, I can't believe I gave that away. <laughs> Thank always, goodness. No, I always and, think about that. Yeah. Like, is there any of the, you know, you, there's buyer's remorse, but is there giveaway remorse? You know, I think it's rare. I mean, I've been doing this for 11 years. Um, I've had hundreds of in-person clients and thousands of virtual clients. I have never received that dreaded phone call. Um, I also, though, I never make decisions for my clients. And so it's always them in the driver's seat. And so I guess at least for me as a professional, I don't have to have that terror of like, what if I've talks them out of something. No, um, I think I can say I've given away a ton. And by the way, yeah. you said you've moved 25 times. I think now at this point, I have gone through the moving cycle so many different times. The one that stayed with me the longest is the house I'm in right now. I actually mm. moved out of this house in February and that was eye-opening. I wish everybody could pretend they're moving out of their house. Yes. Because I was just like get rid of, get rid of. And I have not, I did not have any, you know, regret on things that I gave away because then all of a sudden I moved back into this house. I have space yeah, where I didn't before. I have like drawers that are empty right now at the house. There are shelves that have three books on it where it used to have, you know, 80 like jammed in there. So I really, I mean, there is something so cathartic about organizing, decluttering, having that. And it, and it does roll over to all areas of your life, all areas. Like you said, even dating. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I've had the most amazing client success stories where, you know, we declutter and organize. And then months later, I hear about a new job or a new relationship or losing weight, even like, it just frees up so much energy to focus on what actually matters to you. Um, 
The one thing I do want to say, I did take my minimalism too far once. So when you ask about regret, I will just share that I got rid of all of my dresses because I decided I'm not a dress person, which I still stand by. But <laughs> right after I got rid of all of my dresses, I was invited to a formal bat mitzvah in Los Angeles oh. and literally had nothing to wear. And so I do want to just give the caveat that like, think through your life and your events before you throw out all your dresses. <laughs> okay. So what would you say if I am just starting out and I am going to start to, you know, hear some of your fabulous tips. What are a few that you absolutely say, Hey, everyone, if you're going to hear only this, listen to these few things, what would you suggest? So I would say like, Number one, as we talked about, clarify before you dive in. So think about, say you're wanting to edit or organize or overhaul a room. Think about first, what do you want to do in that room? How do you want to feel in that room? And before you kind of lay a hand on anything, really feel like, okay, I've crystallized the vision. Now I'm ready to get in there. Um, the other big thing I would say that one of the biggest mistakes that I see is kind of trying to do everything at once and getting overwhelmed and quitting and not doing anything. I mean, that kind of holds for life in general. And so my philosophy is like big, like dream big, allow yourself to have a big master plan of all the things you want to do, but start very, very small. So that really means like one drawer, like one shelf. And get that win under your belt and then do another one and you'll just keep getting momentum. Um, but I do not advocate for like deconstructing an entire room, you know, and having an hour before you have to get your kids and then having an avalanche of stuff to deal with. <laughs> I, I do. Ag I agree wholeheartedly because how many times have we said, I just want to clear out my desk and you dump everything out and it becomes a bigger job. And then you get halfway through and you're like, oh, uh, and you start to have that, you know, regret versus, you know, I mean, and I know there's a lot of different ways to do this, but I do find if I start small, start small, and then I feel like I'm really accomplishing something. Yeah. And then once I've really gone through the different drawers, then if you have that like, oh, now I need to see everything and put it in its space, then you can take everything out because you have half as much. A hundred percent. I also always advocate for um, like my process is basically clarify, then edit, then organize, then elevate. And to me, elevate is like if you want to buy the pretty matching bins or the baskets or the uniform file folders, do it once you've edited and organized. I think most people get this sort of like fun feeling of like, I'm going to organize everything. And they run to the container store and they buy all the containers. And now they just have more stuff to deal with. So, so true. I'm sure there's many of us out there that are nodding like, yep. That's I mean, me. everybody, it's kind of a universal thing. So I think of that as like the cherry on top, like reward yourself for all of your hard work clarifying, editing, and organizing, then if you want to elevate your space and do some fun things, go for it. And it'll be easy and fun. Uh, you know what, what you've really done is you are treating the world of decluttering like it's an actual business in itself. That's, That's what, yeah. 
that's what's so fascinating with what you, you know, you're clarifying, you know, making sure you are crystal clear, making sure you know your values. Don't jump ahead, you know, don't put the cart before the horse, don't put the product already out there before you really know your whys, before you really know what ultimately, you know, people start with packaging first. Right, bomb, right, right. Yes. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't worry That's about that. That's a perfect yet. analogy. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that yet. And so I, I really like how you, and then the fact that you are, do you know, you're working on the outside, but so much of this is going to be impactful on the inside. Yes, yeah. what's so great, and I, I can raise my hand on that one where you do feel this huge sense of accomplishment, this, you know, sense of like, just you, you are organized now, you know, where things are. And it is really great when you don't, and I, I literally am sitting in a room that used to be so cluttered and now it's not. And it's just like, ah, oh, it just, you have an open mind because there's space. Yes. It's so liberating and freeing. And I, it has affected every aspect of my life. I feel like we can host, we can entertain, we can travel, we can, we rent our house out when we go places. It's just the, the ripple effect of doing this work is pretty extraordinary in terms of creating freedom and efficiency and productivity and joy in your life. Um, sure, that is such a great, that is a great point because when I think about the homes that I've rented on VRBO, the homes I've rented um, through Airbnb, the ones that I really like have very little clutter. Yeah, clean slate. Yeah, the ones that I go in and it's like, you know, we've got 27 pictures on this wall and all, which I just rented, by the way. I was like, whoa, <laughs> can you put any more stuff, any more knickknacks in this house? Goodness. But the way you said it is like, you can now rent out your house. You can now do all that because it is that idea of, you know, there's not a lot of junk around. You're not going to have to go through it and clean it up each time, put things away because that's the way you're living. But yet it's interesting. That's what I like when I go places. I like hotel rooms that are very clear. Like there's not too much junk around. And yet so many of us don't have our houses like that. I know. Isn't that funny? Because I think everybody always feels so blissed out when they're on vacation in these kind of sparse environments. And that was a label moment for me. I had when I was in college and I stayed at like my first chic hotel and I thought, well, all they've done is taken away all the junk. That's free. Like yes. I can do that on a college budget. I just have to get rid of all the clutter and then my space will be kind of instantly elevated. So oh, God, this, <laughs> this is so good. I feel like, you know how you get the bug? I'm like, yeah, I, I need to do some of this. This is really good. Okay. So how can, before I ask the rapid fire questions, how can we get to know more about what you provide? I know there's some exciting news that you also want to share with our listeners. Yes. So um, you can, all things are on my website, which is just my name, shiragill.com. And I have a book coming out in the fall, which is now available for pre-order. And if you go um, to my website, you can sign up to pre-order it and get all sorts of fun free goodies um, when you order in advance. So organizing checklists for every room in your house, um, a capsule wardrobe planner, tons of fun stuff. 
Um, and I also have on my website a free five-day, five-minute makeover um, for anyone who feels like they want to dive in and they don't know where to start. Um, it's basically like a quick start action plan to just get in there if you only have five minutes to spare a day. Um, so yeah, everything's all available on my site. Okay. And we will also have this in the show notes so that you do not have to worry about if you don't know how to spell Shira Gill, although it's fairly, you know, S-H-I-R-A-G-I-L-L, just for those who are like, how do you? Um, so, okay. Awesome. So excited for your book coming out. And yes, we should all definitely take advantage of getting our names in early. So we get some of those great bonuses and freebies. So awesome. So now we're at the part where I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions. Number one, Zoom calls dressed head to toe or waist up? <laughs> oh God, it depends on my mood. <laughs> I mainly, mainly head to toe. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, that's good. I would yeah. think because I, you're so It just makes me feel better. I do have shoes on right now for this. Do you? Oh that's funny. I'm in bare feet. I'm like, yeah. totally my toes are in the carpet. Okay. What room in your house is the hardest to keep organized? I would say our entry, which is part of our living room. Um, we live in a very old, over a hundred year old house with almost no closets or storage. So having a husband and two kids and a puppy and me coming and going with all of the things and keeping that little tiny, you know, entryway clear is almost impossible. Okay. We all love to hear that the woman who is the queen, the princess of organization has a tough time. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's real life. <laughs> yes. It's not just your clutter. It's everyone else's. Yes. Uh, okay. How often do you wash your hair? Oh my God. This is kind of funny because I have thick curly hair. I don't know if you can tell. And I was told once to really almost never wash my hair and just condition it. So I probably wash my hair once a week. Oh, but you've got that great curly hair. <laughs> I, get it. I feel like people are going to think I'm not clean, but <laughs> yeah, no, us straight haired girls, we can't, we can't do that. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I shower religiously every day, but I really, I could go weeks without washing my hair. My hair is very like thick, curly, dry. So. Okay. How <laughs> often does it take to actually clear out and organize a house? Oh gosh. Well, so of course it depends on the size of the house and the volume of the stuff in it. But I would say on average, when I work with a client and we're really boot camping our way through four to five all day sessions, we can do a whole house. And where do you give the stuff that is past onward. So where do you, yeah. where do you take it? Who do you give it to? So um, I'm lucky enough to live in the Bay area where there's so many incredible sustainable resources. So I have a textile recycling place, a recycling drop-off. I have a donation partner um, who is connected with 50 local nonprofits. And ah, so I have all of these kind of amazing resources here. Um, but I will say, I mean, just quick tidbit of advice, because I do think it's very hard for people to get things out the door. Um, use your local network. Like I have given kids stuff to my kids preschool or books to our local library. 
or, you know, just tapping your local network or even asking your neighbor or your house cleaner, hey, I'm getting rid of these things that are nice and good condition. Do you want them? I find I can often save myself the errand of going to the donation center if I just ask my network. So I have a very funny, quick story on this. So my husband, E and I were consolidating our stuff when we got married and we, he had this, um, this bar that he had handmade. It was in his mind, the most incredible thing. And I, I really did not care for it, but he said, no, we have to bring it. We have to take it. We're going to be, you know, we can put it here. We can put it there. And I said, I don't know if it's going to fit. And he said, well, I'm sure that the new owners of the new house are going to want it. Well, they didn't want it. And then he <laughs> said, well, I'm sure that I will, you know, I'll put it on, you know, Craigslist. Nobody wanted it. Well, I'm sure that, you know, my old friend that used to come around who used to say they really liked it would want it. He didn't want it. Okay, now let's start giving it to anybody who helps us service the house, whether it's the, you know, the gardeners, the, the anybody, nobody wanted it. Finally, we were actually moving and we said to the movers, we said, hey, you guys could have this. They didn't want it. And finally, Amazing. I had to pay Junk King to come. Oh, we tried uh, every like place in the area to yeah. donate it, to donate it. Nobody wanted it. It is the funniest. It's, <laughs> That's hysterical. It, he, yeah, he does not even want to bring it up anymore. It's so great. I'm okay. sure. <laughs> okay. I love this beauty product and the name of it. Oh, um, so I just started with this new brand. I think it's pronounced Say. It's S-A-I-E. Um, and it's a clean beauty product. And they have a tinted sunscreen moisturizer that is amazing. Oh, and all <laughs> should be wearing just like tinted moisturizers. Yes. 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 The SPF is <laughs> yes. Okay. Love that one. All right. And your go-to poolside drink. So I'm really boring. I don't drink a ton of alcohol, but I love watermelon juice more than anything. Oh. So if I'm like ever in a position to get fresh watermelon juice, especially with lime, that is my number one thing that I would drink by a pool. Okay. Wouldn't put those two together. <laughs> Very literally the best thing if you that's put, an interesting little twist so i'm telling you if you freeze watermelon cubes and blend it with lime it's like the slushy of your dreams refreshing <laughs> <laughs> okay and lastly what does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you i think it means um taking massive action no matter what happens that is so true. No matter like it's what, just, no matter what happens, you keep going, you keep trying, you keep putting one foot in front of the other, trying things. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned from being an entrepreneur is like, you just are always trying new things and throwing spaghetti at the wall. And if something doesn't work, you try the next thing. So I think it's made me a much more resilient, powerful person being an entrepreneur for so many years, because you can't give up. Like you, you can't say, well, that didn't work. I'm done. It's that didn't work. What's next? Mm, so true. Well, okay. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap it up. Here. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You're terrific. We can hardly wait for the book. We will be keeping an eye on that. And again, 
I, you've inspired me to now take another look. Cause now I've been here for, you know, six to eight months. And I'm like, I probably have more junk that I've accumulated. So <laughs> I'm going to go do a pass around this house and start to get some of this clutter and get rid of it again. So you're awesome. Thank you, Shira. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining and now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.